0: Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Rothy's. Rothy's shoes are comfortable, sustainable, even washable, and they have over 1,000 nearly perfect customer reviews. Plus, shipping is free on both orders and returns. Shop your favorite style at Rothy's.com. That's R O T H Y S.com. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff.
1: We like talking.
0: And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love has a podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home.
1: Today, we're sharing how our Chicago blogger meetup had us totally rethinking a decorating rule we made for our home, plus how the road to finishing the duplex got a little bumpy at the end, and the exciting results of that house that we staged.
0: Shall we tell everyone about our Chicago trip? Well, if
1: you followed on Instagram stories, you got to see the nitty and the gritty.
0: Was there a lot of gritty?
1: There was a lot of cheese. (laughs) It was basically a food tour around Chicago. I ate my way through the city.
0: Yeah, like Sherry said, if you follow us on Instagram stories, you probably saw that we recently took a trip to Chicago to meet up with some other bloggers, specifically Chris and Julia from Chris Loves Julia, and our hosts Kim and Scott Vargo from the blog Yellow Brick Home. We also had some time with Nicole Balch from Making It Lovely as well.
1: It was a whole Chicago blogging festival.
0: Yes. So we have been to Chicago, I think, once a year for business over the last four years. So, like, we keep ending up in this city. But we never have much time to like actually enjoy it or see people or, you know, it's always just kind of business. It's never
1: a vacation.
0: Right. It's never a vacation. So last time we were there, which was for the Domino event last fall, the Vargos were also there, Scott and Kim. And we said to them, like, we should come back sometime and just hang out. Like, we would like to spend more time with you. We'd met them a few times before. And we kind of, you know, pitched this like hypothetical, like, this would be fun to come hang out. I didn't really think at the time we'd ever be able to make it happen because everyone always seems to be so busy but fast forward to earlier this year sherry and i were planning to go to this blog conference in may and we had like already gotten like the childcare figured out you know blocked off our calendars and as soon as that happened the conference got moved to a date that we couldn't come so our first thought was like well i guess we can reopen our calendars for those dates But then we paused and we're like, well, why don't we see if we can make that thing happen we talked about, like going to Chicago? So we reached out to the Vargos. They're good friends with Chris and Julia also, and somehow... That date worked for everyone, and we locked it in and made it happen.
1: Yeah, we all were like, okay, we're booking our tickets. Are we really doing this? Nobody's punking anyone else, right? We're all going to really show up.
0: Well, and I would say the only thing that almost prevented it from happening was just the duplex being so busy. I mean, kind of like when we booked spring break back in December, we were like, no matter how busy we are or what stage the project is in, like, we should... Take this time out, I guess. I more
1: was like, we're going to be done with the duplex. I was so cocky in January. You couldn't have told me that I'd still be working on it in May. Yeah,
0: how wrong you were. How
1: wrong I was.
0: Um, But if you go to our Instagram, I'll put a link in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. You can see some highlights from the trip. And I guess we'll also put there maybe some links to places we ate. Like people keep asking us for like a Chicago tour guide. We were not the guides people. That was Scott and Kim who actually live in Chicago. We were just the... followers
1: (laughs) yeah I was gonna say
0: the lemmings that went wherever they took us eating the entire time it felt like
1: it was such good food you guys and you know Chicago's beautiful for architecture I think it's a great city for design it reminds us of New York where we lived when we first met and dated and fell in love so I feel like it has good vibes we got kind of some crappy weather at the beginning but it cleared up by the end and I think most of all it was just nice to be in the company of like four people we super get along with like all the guys get along all the girls get along we were having meals together we were basically spending every minute together except for sleeping like there was one night we had a game night till like one in the morning we went back to the hotels slept and we're back together by 8 15 the next morning like we were together the whole time and we all really got along
0: well and we're already talking about with everyone like trying to make this like an annual thing and like go to each other's cities so we've gone to chicago and like next maybe we'll get everyone to come here to virginia and at some point we'll get out to Idaho where the Markhams live. So like we're excited for, you know, a repeat of this down the road some point.
1: Yeah. Grown up fun time.
0: Well, it was also just nice to be around people who sort of get what you're in the middle of. I mean, our businesses are different. Our styles are different. You know, our homes are different. They still just have like this shared common language that makes it kind of a invigorating and refreshing experience because you get that boost from being around people who know what you're going through also. Yeah,
1: and it was really fun because the Vargos were showing us a house. They just bought it. They're calling it a two flat. It's like this really cool almost alternate universe duplex. Like instead of being mirror imaged down the middle, it's got an upstairs unit and a downstairs unit. And they took us to this old broke down house and we were so excited. Like the four of us were like, look at that doorknob. Look at that old light fixture. You've got to keep this chippy old built in. And I think we all speak the same language. Like. Kim was saying, I'm so glad you guys are so excited because our friends are like scared of this house and they think it's so like grotesque looking until we fix it up. And like, we're like, no, it is sheer beauty. Like we all saw the potential of things. And I think we're six people who love a before as much as an after, because we can see where it's going. And like the possibilities are really endless in the before stage. Like it's so fun to think about where something can end up.
0: Yeah, I think Kim kept emphasizing that anytime they showed other friends they were sort of like oh good luck like better you than me you know they sort of were nervous by the state of this thing because it looked much like our houses like our duplex or our beach house when we bought them like very run down but like you said Sherry we all walked in with this like boiling over enthusiasm for the potential like we were excited
1: you might even say turned on
0: well (laughs) I was not going to say that (laughs) and the other cool thing was we also got to see Kim and Scott's actual house like the house they live in full time in Chicago and I think we had that reaction that a lot of people have when they come to our house which is like oh it looks so different in person not that it like is actually different like we didn't have different decor than you see in the pictures but just being in a space feels so different than seeing photos or videos of it like you can appreciate it in a way in person that you just can't get through the internet and so it was fun to be on the opposite end of that experience like seeing a house that i've seen online for so long suddenly in front of me walking around seeing how the space all related And I mean, it was like, it was an inspiring visit also, I think, because, again, seeing some things in person just struck me in a way that never struck me seeing the pictures.
1: Yeah, I think it was interesting to see their place because it's small, right? It's like a city home. But in person, you feel the volume of the vaulted ceilings. They have almost 10 foot ceilings. And when you walk in, you're like, I've totally seen pictures. And I know it's airy and lofty, but standing in the space, it was almost awe-inspiring because it just was so open and breezy and so finely done. Like every finish that they chose, since it was a smaller space, it felt truly well thought out. Like they didn't just get the curtain rod because they need a thousand curtain rods because it's a huge house with lots of windows. You mean
0: like how we're decorating the duplex? Right.
1: Like, they weren't just, like, making a quick choice and putting it everywhere. This is their home they live in every day, and they've, like, fine-tuned everything. It felt curated. Very intentional. Right. It felt like it had restraint. There wasn't stuff everywhere, and I love that. And it felt like the things they did choose to have out were very special to them. Like, it had a lot of meaning. The art was so gorgeous. When we both left, John and I laid in bed in the hotel room, and we both were, like, their art.
0: Well, I think that's the big takeaway I had. Like, the most inspiring thing about it that actually might lead me to change how I decorate my own house is I was struck by, again, not only how intentional their artwork was, but something about how everything was well-framed, everything was hung in a way to have impact. So like, right.
1: I was going to say almost emphasized, but I don't know how.
0: Yeah. Like an example I can think of, and I'll try to find some pictures from their website to put in the show notes so you can see what we're talking about. But they had some of those, like, um, Polaroid or, like, in,
1: Instamax or whatever. Yeah, whatever they're, whatever they're
0: called. Insta- I don't know. Kim's the photographer, not me. But they had some of those kind of Polaroid pictures, maybe six or eight of them in a grid framed in this mat. And it was not a huge frame, but it was the only piece on this wall in their stairwell so that... Even though it was small art, it had all of your attention.
1: Yeah, presence. And one thing we both realized when we left is we were like, you know what? This almost makes us want to change our decree, our public podcast decree about family photography in a home.
0: Yeah, we did an episode a few weeks back where we talked about why we don't have many family photos, at least on our first floor. And we realized it's because we don't tend to print our family photos large and a lot of our walls have just one or two large pieces. And Kim and Scott had a fair amount of large family photos framed. Some of them were posed and some of them were more candid, but they were, you know, 11 by 17, 20 by 30. I don't know, I'm making up inches here, but they were large. (laughs) And it looked so nice, whether they were on their own or whether they were in some sort of gallery wall that it made me rethink how I could print some of our photos larger and still make them look artful. And so I think both of us came back and we're like, we want to find a really nice picture. We're actually thinking of one from our Florida spring break of our kids running in front of this giant like banyan tree or something.
1: Yeah, so it's mostly scenery. It goes back to what we said in that episode. It's a picture that if you stared at for a second, you might think was like a gorgeous photo of a tree. From Minted, or you know, a professional photo of a tree.
0: It's very good. We're really <laughs> patting ourselves on the back. Of no, the photography tree, here, the
1: tree just does it for me. Like it's a gorgeous scene. Right. But then when you look closer, the two little figures, you know, blurs running around it are our two children, and you don't see their faces smiling at the camera. It's not posed. So it does a lot of what we said in that podcast totally holds. But it's just funny how you can be in one space that super inspires you, and it can make you revisit something you thought was an absolute rule. Like I just don't want to print things yeah. out super huge. That's That's not for me. Right. And then we saw it and we were like, oh my gosh, it can be done so beautifully. And I do think one thing I'm taking away is we need to step up our framing because sometimes I think we are not doing things justice. I have old mats I reused. They're a little bit yellowed. I've been known to spray paint or paint a mat. I just need to get a nice mat. They're like $8. I can go to a framing store and get a nice mat. I also can invest in nicer frames. Sometimes I think ours look less special just because we slap them together. We have this one old frame and I try to make it work. I think they just went the extra mile and I think it looked so good that now I'm going to try and resist the urge to stop short of that.
0: Right, I agree. And again, in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast, I'll try to put some photos or links to Kim and Scott's blog. Again, it's Yellow Brick Home. So you can check out what we're talking about if you're not familiar with them. But as you can tell, Sherry and I left very reinvigorated by their trip. And it does make me nervous for whenever they come here because I feel like, yes, I do have to step up my frame game. I have to fix all
1: my frames before they come.
0: (laughs) No other bloggers allowed in our house until that gets better. (laughs)
1: Okay, so that sound means we have an update, and it's about something we talked about just in our last episode. If you guys remember, I was talking about staging and that big project that I hired John, my lovely assistant, on. It was a big house. It needed a lot of work. We had a lot of fun with it. We shared some pictures in the show notes. I'm actually going to do a big post with more information, like how I do closets, how I deal with excess, all that stuff. But the update is that it's sold within three days, all cash over asking. So staging totally works. I get to maintain my record. You're taking that as proof? None of my houses have sat more than four days. This one was three. It actually had an offer on day one. They just were waiting for more to come in. But it was an amazing example of how I am certain that this homeowner knew if they listed the house as it was, it wouldn't have that result. And so they put a little money into hiring someone, $500.
0: <laughs> Which you have been hearing. I've like, been hearing I I'm said, too cheap. <laughs> I said on the podcast.
1: I just love it so much, and I know maybe I could charge more, but to me, it's just, I love the gratification of it. I love helping people. I don't want to be exorbitantly, is that the word? Yeah. Exorbitantly expensive. And um, I just feel like it's something I'm doing for like the local community because it's just for houses nearby. It's usually friend of a friend or through realtors who are my friends. So um, it's not a big business scheme I'm hatching to, you know, franchise this out and have a huge business model. But I just wanted to share the update because... In all of my being, I believe it is not about bringing in expensive furniture. It is not about spending a lot of money. It truly is about editing.
0: Yeah, I actually got a question on Twitter from someone who was asking about staging their grandmother's house because she was worried that like the furniture is very old and it has kind of like a quote unquote old style to it. And she was wondering what our tips were. And I said back to her real quickly that like, I think the tips stay the same because in the style of staging that you do it's not about trying to disguise or hide or rid the house of its existing style. Certainly, yes, you could go through the expense of like bringing in furniture that doesn't look quote unquote old. But what we do is not about trying to undo the existing style. It's about just decluttering and minimizing so that more of the house is seen and so that the items in it, like the furniture or the knickknacks or the tchotchkes, are not the focus of the tour. So I think for that person who asked or anyone who is nervous about like the decor, yes, you could do something extreme to undo all that, but I think that's not practical for a lot of people. I remember when my parents moved my grandmother out of her house, like the house that my mom had grown up in, it wasn't about getting all new furniture and it was just about decluttering, because you accumulate a lot of stuff when you're in a place for decades.
1: Yeah, I, I'd say it's not about disguising anything. I'm not covering old furniture with long... Um,
0: slip covers?
1: Yeah, slip covers. Or I was thinking, I don't take an old table and cover it with a tablecloth. I take things off. Whatever the table looks like, it gets a bowl of apples or a fern on it. And it just registered as a table. You don't see it and go like, ooh, it's an old lady table. Like truly, if you minimize the stuff, whatever's in there becomes just a thing. It's just a dresser. It's just a bed. Your eyes can see how the room would look without just that dresser or just that bed.
0: Well, and I think an element we didn't touch on last episode is also when people walk into a decluttered space, it also signals to the buyer that this space is taken care of. Right. And that is a certain amount of comfort when you're buying a house to see that the previous owner loved it, took care of it, hopefully maintained it. And you get the opposite feeling when you feel that it is messy or overwhelmed with things because it makes you as the potential buyer wonder like, well, if they can't keep a handle on the countertops, how do I know they kept the HVAC system up to date?
1: Right. And I'll throw out one bonus thing because I got this question a few times. A few people sent me their listings and said, my house is sitting. Why is it sitting? Can you look at the staging? And the staging was perfect. There literally was nothing I would change. I think in one of them, I was like, maybe I'd take a little bit of the art off the walls, but it's not the reason your house isn't selling. In that instance, it is the price. I can stage a house, but if the price is too high. It will sit there because there is not the demand in the market for something at that price point for that much square footage or in that location or on that busy
0: street. Right. I was going to say, I think you should qualify that a bit. It's not always just the price. Usually a price is a big culprit, but it could be something else like it's on a busy street or near an airport or some other factor that staging cannot overcome.
1: Right, right. So I will say staging totally works to help you get top dollar for your home, but also pricing it correctly. Yeah, it's not a
0: cure-all. Staging is not a cure-all.
1: Right, 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 right. But if you show me your pictures and it's staged perfectly, I will say check the price.
0: Honestly, I think the secret ingredient was me.
1: I mean, it could have been except that my record existed before you started helping. Noted. (laughs) I like how long it took you to answer that. Let's leave that dead air in the podcast.
0: I was coming to terms with that's a true fact.
1: It is a true fact.
0: Okay, but I wanted to go back to something we talked about a moment earlier about Chicago because we were saying how we booked that trip knowing no matter what stage we were in at the duplex, we should go like take that time for ourselves. No,
1: believing we'd be done with the duplex and we'd go celebrate, pop some bottles in Chicago.
0: (laughs) Well, I think if people remember back in January after we finished installing the kitchen cabinets, I had sort of a turning point where I had renewed confidence that we were going to be done and ready to list the duplex by summer, which we still will. Hopefully by the time you were listening to this, the listing is up because it is our goal once we finish recording this to go put the finishing touches on it. And click
1: publish.
0: Yes, hopefully. So knock on wood, wish us luck. But at that time in January where I was like, yeah, this is totally doable. We've got the biggest hurdle done. Like the kitchen cabinets are in, the rest from here is just smooth sailing. I think we probably said like, now all that's left is to furnish.
1: Right, John's famous quote, all we have to do is furnish it.
0: Yeah, like furnishing is an easy thing. Let it be known, and this is sort of my point of this discussion, is that that is a long process.
1: Furnishing two full houses, two laundry rooms, two kitchens that you want to equip with stuff because renters will be using it bedrooms every single piece of furniture you're assembling yourselves
0: I mean I think maybe this sounds obvious to anyone who's moved or bought a house for the first time is like yeah to fill up my house took me years I mean I don't think it was until we left our first house having lived there five years five and a half years four and a half years oh how long was it Eh, whatever many years many years That, you know, I don't think it was till the end that it felt fully furnished, really. So, of course, it takes time. I guess that's not news. But I think after having gone through this giant renovation of the duplex and made such dramatic changes, just, like, filling the bedrooms felt like a simple task.
1: Right. Like, after plumbing and electrical and walls being open and dust being everywhere and refinishing floors and us putting every single floor tile in place doing two backsplashes, we thought... Okay, bed and some nightstands, maybe a dresser. Yeah, no like, biggie.
0: I could put some pillows on a bed. Right. But I think it took us both by surprise how long this process has been to get the house to the point where it is done and photographable for the listing. Because the amount of time we've spent in the last four months, so January, February, March, and April, has shocked me, I would say. I actually looked at my calendar the other day, and I can put this in the show notes if everyone wants to see it, to see how many trips we've taken out to Cape Charles over the last four months. Mm Mm-hmm a third of that calendar is read.
1: Wow. So you read it out the dates we traveled. Yeah. So a third of four months is like a month and a half.
0: 41 days. Holy
1: cow, really? Yeah,
0: I mean, those aren't all nights because some of them were day trips or that's the day we got there. But 41 of the last 120 days have been spent in Cape Charles, which again, may not sound like much. Like, yeah, 40 days is a blip on my radar of decorating my house. But I think for us, the challenge has been the distance. We've right. talked about this before that... It's effectively a two and a half to three hour drive to get out there depending on traffic and stops. And that travel is exhausting just to do for a weekend. We've done it some for just single days, like where we'll leave at 10 o'clock in the morning and not get back till eight o'clock. We'll drive five hours round trip just so that we can work four hours there or to deliver a carload of things that we couldn't fit with children in the car. So we have to make a special trip.
1: Right, or to receive something like appliances are coming. We have to drive all the way out there just to get them in the house.
0: Yeah, I think it was just a factor that we didn't necessarily realize, even having gone through the pink house process, like we've done this before. We realized the drive was tiring, but I think that combined with the fact that it's two sides yes, really made this project feel bigger.
1: Right. Well, every time you do a project that you'd be 100% done on in your house, you're only at 50%. So think about how we built floating shelves for the kitchen and we loved them. And then I had to stain them and then I had to seal them and then I had to style them. And then we started all over again on the other side where we built them again and then stained them again and sealed them again and styled them again. So... This is not to complain. I think we're... to complain
0: a little bit. I
1: mean, it's just to commiserate with other people who feel like things take a while. But generally, my takeaway is how many times do we see on HGTV that someone makes over a home and they either don't share the timeline or they make it appear as if the timeline was really fast. But the fact that it took us 41 days, like, I don't know, I would have guessed it might have taken us three long weekends, I would have said. So what is that? 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe 12 days was my guess. Legit, guys, that was my real guess. Okay, we'll put some beds, we'll put some tables. It's not like I'm putting clothes in the drawers. I'm not moving a person and all their stuff with their 50 things for the pantry. But I am... Kidding out a kitchen and, you know, putting the microwave and the pots and pans and the Tupperware. And, you know, I'm putting hair dryers in the bathrooms. And oh my gosh, I forgot. I have to go get a blender. So it was a lot of shopping at home on top of those 41 days.
0: And the other reason I say all this, you know, again, it's not to complain. Maybe a little bit to complain. (laughs) But also, I think I'm surprised here now standing at the beginning of May that we didn't have our listing up sooner or that we didn't have our photos done or that has taken us more fits and starts and so for anyone else who is thinking of doing a project like this where they're doing an airbnb or some sort of furnished rental you know, this part of the process is something you should leave a lot of time for because there's also curveballs. I mean, just the normal renovation curveballs we talked about, you know, that like water main break thing. But like a few weeks ago, we had a meeting with our cleaning lady because we're having the space cleaned by a professional between each renter. It's not something we are DIYing.
1: Yeah, we can't clean both units in the turnover time. It's like a few hours between checkout and check back in, and we need a pro to come in and make it good.
0: Right. But she gave us some t- tips and some things that she would need to make the turnover process quicker. Like she needs to make sure there is a duplicate set of sheets for every single bed so that she can be washing the old ones and already making the new ones. I didn't think that through. I thought just having a couple spares would be fine. She even needs extra duvets for the beds in case one of the beds has a stain that she needs to spot treat or let it sit overnight. She'll do that for us, but she needs an extra spare duvet to put back on the bed. So it was like, Back to Target, getting, you know, we'd already bought eight duvets and now we were getting more.
1: Right. And she also said things like, oh, for your um your washcloths, I just thought this was interesting so I'm throwing it out. She said, when you have a rental, you want your washcloths to be a dark color because people use them to take their makeup off. And if you have white ones, they just never stay white and they always look gross. So she said, I usually recommend getting like evergreen or dark blue or a slate gray or something so that they're just, they're not actually dirty. She launders them, but so that they don't have stains. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, I just took all the tags off all my little mint green, light, adorable washcloths. So I think I might keep them. They're probably going to get ruined. And then I'm going to buy dark ones. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of – you feel like you're not perfect at this and you're finding your way. And I think we like to share that with others who might feel that way because – I think a lot of people from the outside are like, I blinked my eyes and you're done. I can't believe you're revealing all these rooms. But in our mind, we're like, dang, we wish we were done earlier. Dang, there are a few things we wish we had known before. And, you know, even scrambling, like, we're going to try and make a PDF for people so that when they check in, in their email, we'll have a list of, like, fun things to do or a booklet in the house that's like, these are places we like to go or fun things to do if it rains or places to get your food. We'll
0: probably have a physical version of sort of, like, the house rules and all the things about, like, the trash and and, you know, what, like you said, places to eat. How nearby. to check out. Right. Yeah. We'll have a physical version of that. But we also want to mail it to people ahead of time in their email. So I have a PDF. And so, like, yeah, we have to do that stuff still. But that stuff we can do once the listing is up. Yeah. You know?
1: It's all about that listing, baby. Yeah.
0: I mean, even the photos, which people might think like, oh, you just run around and snap your photos. We went home and looked at some of them again on the computer and didn't like how some of the rooms looked. Like they looked a little... I don't know, like flat and lifeless.
1: Yeah, it was like we came so far, but they only felt 90% there. It's like some rooms we shot and we shared them on the blog right away. Other rooms we were like, that's not quite there. Let's get more colorful pillows for the bed. Maybe put a plant on the side table for some life. We even added a mobile to one room that in person didn't feel sparse, but in the pictures felt very empty. Because again, this isn't just about how it looks on the blog. This to us is about the listing. I
0: mean, yeah, these are sales photos. Like this is a space that's going to be judged on its photo by potential renters. So we have to put a lot of care into these.
1: Right. And I felt like you could have just said, oh, it's tiresome. I'm at the end. I'll just go with it. But I think you and I are...
0: I probably did say that at some point.
1: (laughs) I think we're perfectionists enough that we recognize when you're 95% there, that little zhuzh might be totally worth it.
0: And my tip to remember is to buy as many quality fake plants as you can find at various sizes.
1: (laughs) They really do add life to a room. And we can't have real plants because this is a season. Seasonal rental. There will be months at a time when it's empty, and we just wanted to make sure you know people renting didn't also have to water them or have kids dump dirt out on the floor. It makes the house feel alive, but it isn't necessarily actually hosting living things, except for the humans that it does.
0: And now we are switching to this place, like, you know, like getting the listing done, getting that PDF with uh, the rules and the welcome kit and like the checkout procedure and all that stuff done. But there's also other stuff that's popping up that we didn't really think about in the process. Like we have to do some tax registration with the city and the county over there, because if you're doing a short term rental, there's different tax rules and stuff. So there's all like this other little paperwork side of this that we're finally getting to focus on now that we're, you know, almost ready to make it live for the summer.
1: Yes. And I know you guys are going to have questions about money. I've already told people when they DM me about what this. We need money. Well, we're planning to do a, a post. I think it's best for the blog about like fees versus income made, because I think it's easy to look at the whatever dollars per night and assume that's money that's in your pocket. But there's like rental insurance, there's stocking, disposable objects like toilet paper, paper towels, soap, detergent, like all the things you keep in a house to keep a house going. You have to stockpile that. There's the cleaning crew that you're paying each week. There's utilities like water and power bills, monthly internet and TV bills. There's taxes for the house as well as rental taxes, which we have to pay to the city and the county in that area. There's homeowners insurance and you have to try and make back whatever you put into buying and renovating and furnishing the house. So there's a a lot of moving parts that makes it not just a total like pure profit yeah yeah, like net profit business
0: and we will you know this post you're talking about I'm not sure when that will happen. It might be more towards like the end of the summer or so, because I also want to give some advice and lesson learned about like what's been useful to have, what maybe we didn't think of, because I'm sure we are going to forget some things. And you guys out there like on Instagram and stuff have been sending us lots of suggestions, which is so helpful, but we're you know also trying to sort through like what are the most popular items? Because just because one person uses a salad spinner and like, yes, a salad spinner would be nice, I guess, to have just in case, Like, is that really an essential for a kitchen that is not huge and is only for a vacation rental?
1: Right. Well, we did have the cheese grater episode of 2018. Everybody said you must have a cheese grater. Those are going to be in there.
0: Yes, we got the cheese graters. And assuming that we did get the listing live, we'll put that link in the show notes as well. So if you haven't seen it already, you can check it out there at younghouselove.com slash podcast and see what's still available. Um, In case we haven't mentioned it already, I should say real quick that right now we are just doing weekly summer rentals starting the last week of June through Labor Day. We're going to deal with. Off-season, post-Labor Day things later once we sort of, you know.
1: Get our bearings. Yeah. Work <laughs> out
0: some kinks and all that stuff, I guess. We're excited to see how it goes. Slash nervous to see how it goes.
1: Slash ready to buy 10 salad spinners just to make the best of it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you didn't say 10 houses.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm tired, you guys. Have you heard me say that?
0: Um, is this complaining?
1: No, but John's like, I'm tired. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want 100 houses. At this point in time, Sherry Petersick is happy with the houses she has.
0: Guys, I finally wore her out.
1: I'm really excited, though. And who knows? Maybe once it's rentable and it's smooth sailing, I'll be like, I'm ready for another one.
0: But We both have to get to that point. It's like having another child. You both have to be Ready and excited for the next child.
1: Right, you have to forget all the tough parts about it. Right,
0: you have to forget all the pain. (laughs) Okay, but, anyways, let's end the not complaining, quote unquote. (laughs) And let's talk about what we're digging. Uh, But first, we're gonna take a quick break.
1: So guys, Rothy's is sponsoring another episode and you know I'm psyched because I've waxed poetic about my Rothy's shoes that I bought long before they reached out to be a sponsor. It was also long before Meghan Markle was spotted wearing them. Just saying. You like
0: to just slip that in there. Of course
1: I do. And here's the deal. Rothy's are the flats that are super comfortable. I tell people it feels like you're kind of wearing socks with a rubber sole all day, but they're shoes. Like good looking chic shoes, but they're as comfortable as socks. And I personally love the black point style, but but they also have styles like a sneaker, a loafer, even a kid's shoe. And all of them come in a variety of colors and patterns. In fact, they launch new colors and patterns every few weeks.
0: Well, and they also have all this cool sustainability stuff. Like we've talked before about how they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. I guess they've actually diverted over 25 million water bottles from going into landfills. And they're also manufactured in a zero waste facility and they ship directly in the shoe box. So there's no like unnecessary box within a box scenario going on.
1: Yeah. Long story short, there are lots of reasons to love them. You can see them all at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com. And since shipping is always free on orders and returns, you don't have to worry about needing to swap a size or anything. Again, it's all at Rothies dot com. So this week I'm digging something that you hang from the ceiling. Okay, it's mobiles. (laughs) Okay, so we mentioned that a few of the photos we took of some of the rooms felt a little flat and we did that extra zhuzh and we're so glad we did it. And for sure, there is a spot in your house, guys, that a mobile could be amazing for. We used one for the front bedroom on the right side Because after the photos came back, it just looked bare in a corner that in real life it didn't look bare in. But I really wanted for the photos, for the listing, you know, we want people to rent it. We don't want them to think it's just a bad bedroom compared to the other bedroom. I want people to love every room in this house. And so the mobile solved the problem. It's a gold mobile and it has like these... Um, light wood blonde seagulls on it, kind of whitewashed. It's perfect for the beach. We actually had it hanging in our bonus room and it was great in there too because there was kind of a bare spot. We hung it in there and then I said to John, let's steal the seagull one which will be better at the beach and our plan is to get another mobile for the bonus room where we stole it here in our house.
0: Yeah, because they don't sell it anymore. Yeah, it's from
1: Pottery Barn a long time ago. I'll put links in the show notes to the mobiles I'm looking at because I am currently shopping for another one for our bonus room. I will also mention that I'll put a photo in the show notes, not only of the one in the duplex, but we have a beautiful brass mobile that hangs in the beach house. That similar situation, it was a kind of basic neutral bedroom. I wanted something that Felt interesting and layered, but wasn't super demanding or big like art. And Immobile is this beautiful layered thing. It's almost like jewelry in a room, truly. It is like a big earring. It adds movement because it moves a little in the breeze. That's
0: what I was going to say is the nice thing. I mean, there's not usually a breeze in there, I guess. Well,
1: when the fan's on.
0: The human breeze of you walking by, too. But I think the movement is a piece that doesn't communicate necessarily in photos, but is nice for a room because it does give a little bit of life and energy to a room.
1: Exactly. When you
0: see that moving. And it still can be really subtle, but it does like fill a corner often because you obviously want in a place where you're not going to walk into it. Right. And it's a nice alternative to something like art or another thing on the wall. And takes advantage of another surface, the ceiling.
1: Exactly. And the three places we've used mobiles, two of them have been overnight stands, like next to a bed in a corner that just felt kind of basic. And one of them was to the left of like a big media cabinet with a TV. And I didn't want to hang art to compete with the TV, but I wanted something to sort of soften that wall. And so a mobile off to the side of the TV, sort of above the cabinet, is such a nice way to balance the room.
0: Can I ask a question? Sure. Is it mobile or mobile?
1: Mobile. Mobile is mobile home to me.
0: I'm not sure. Now I'm second guessing myself.
1: What do you say? Wiener mobile or Wiener mobile? Ooh, zinger.
0: Well, I'm not arguing with that. (laughs) Boom. Um, Mobile
1: is the gas station to me yeah exxon mobile right
0: i guess so i don't know should i put a poll in the show notes
1: yeah let's put a poll in the show notes guys but it's mobile just fyi i,
0: I think that's what i say but i as you were saying it i was like oh gosh are we gonna get a bunch of like notes like stupid it's mobile no, i
1: think it's regional because i have heard people say mobile but we say mobile
0: yeah okay anyways on to what i'm digging I am digging something that we have not used.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good way to start this segment.
0: (laughs) Good selling point. So go out and grab it, everyone. But it's giving me lots of peace of mind because we had an issue when we came back from Chicago, that Chicago trip, where we happily landed early from our flight, excited to go pick up our children from my parents who were watching them, got to our car in the parking garage, and the battery was dead.
1: Wouldn't start. Couldn't even get AC on a 90-degree day in the parking garage.
0: Yes. So it was like this big gut punch at the end of this travel that had gone so smoothly. It was like
1: back to reality. Yeah. Jerks. And we were
0: so excited to see our kids too. <laughs> so um, fortunately we got that solved because fun fact, our airport and I would guess many airports, cause it's not like Richmond is some like special huge airport. It is in fact not large at all they have an actual like jumpstart car service in their parking garage. So we just called the airport main line and they sent a car over in like two minutes, jumpstarted us and we were on our way.
1: It was amazing. I loved that man. I wanted to like give him my third born.
0: Well, I I just (laughs) gave him a tip. I hope that was enough. But besides that, what I did afterwards, we went to um, AutoZone, you know, like one of those um, car parts stores and they like do free battery checks and everything. I checked out to make sure my battery didn't need to be replaced. But the guy recommended to me this, there a portable jumpstart kit, which is basically what the guy at the airport parking lot used to get our car started. This was not like a cable scenario where he hooked our battery up to the battery in his truck to jumpstart things.
1: Right. He just walked over. He parked like an aisle over and I was like, how is he going to jumpstart it with his brain? And then he had a little suitcase and he opened the suitcase and in it was a little battery with two little extended arms that you clipped on. And then it just was like, and it took like two tries and then it started. And I wanted to give him children.
0: (laughs) As we established. Uh, The guy at AutoZone, because I described him this problem and all that stuff. He was like, well, we sell things like that for, you know, regular Joe Schmoes that are not very car smart, like we aren't, to use. He actually showed me the model they use at AutoZone. But then there's actually a portable version that's only like the size of like a backup drive if you've seen one.
1: Yeah, it's small. It could fit in your glove box.
0: Yeah. And it was about 80 bucks. So it wasn't super cheap. But it felt like a smart thing to have in your sort of emergency car kit, so that if you have the situation, you're not at a place where you can get fast roadside assistance. You have something that you can use. I have not used it yet, like I said at the upfront, so I can't vouch for how it gets me out of a pinch. But the guy talked me through how you use it and everything, how you keep it charged. It seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. So if you're someone who is nervous, about that potentially happened to you. I feel like it is a nice peace of mind to have.
1: And bonus, it actually can charge your phones too, which I love because if we had like a power outage or emergency needed battery, it'd be right in the car with us and then you just recharge it again. Like you bring it in your house, plug it in. You can jumpstart the car again with it. You could charge your phones with it. It is a multi-use tool.
0: Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast.
1: And thanks to everyone who tells us what they do while they listen. Like Erin from New York who said she recently moved to Amsterdam with her husband and she's been binge listening while she gets her bearings in a new city.
0: Oh yeah, and Erin also mentioned that when she was on our show's page in Apple Podcasts she noticed that almost all of her ratings and reviews had disappeared but then she realized that it was because it now only shows her ratings and reviews from the Netherlands.
1: Guys, we need to get better in the Netherlands. (laughs) Hopefully anyone listening who's from other countries you guys can rate and review us. It's so important because we realize they're not seeing all of them help a girl out
0: and don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links photos and info from this episode like some photos of the Vargo Chicago home so you can see how good their art and photos look
1: yes and links to those mobiles I'm loving later bye let me hear you say this podcast is bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S oh <laughs> <laughs> You're all here for the impressions. I thought I'd start out with little Gwen. I'm just a girl with podcast.
0: I'm not even sure you got the lyrics right.
1: <laughs> There's just a little uh in the voice. Uh